My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. I am super excited to talk to Dr. Joy Kong. You guys, we have a very special guest on the podcast today. Dr. Joy Kong is a triple certified, triple board certified physician, an anti-aging and stem cell specialist, an educator, a CEO, and so much more. I'm so excited to have you on. I want to talk all things anti-aging, stem cell, research, technology, and about you and, and your teachings and your work. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to chat with you. Amazing. So I, first of all, want to hear about your story, how you got into this line of work and how you developed um, your Thea Center. Is that how you pronounce it? Thea Center? Yes. Thea Center, which is really cool. So it's a regenerative medicine clinic in California, I gather. Yes. Yes. In Los Angeles area. Amazing. So how did you get into medicine? Yeah, so my story, you know, it, it can't get a little long because I didn't grow up in this country. I um, spent my first 20 years in China. I, I think that had a lot to do with eventually the direction I'm going in medicine. First of all, I grew up on a university that's, you know, the top science and technology university in China. My dad was a professor. So I love science. Um, and I, you know, and medicine is, is just fascinating. I've always been fascinated by the human body. And, uh, and also what I saw in China was this coexisting of two medical systems. One is a Western medicine, and one, of course, is Chinese medicine. And they are kind of side by side. Sometimes a patient will use Chinese medicine, sometimes Western medicine. It really depends on what kind of condition, you know, acute conditions. Yes, Western medicine works great, but chronic conditions, uh, people understand that the Chinese medicine will go deeper into the body to, to kind of remove some of the root causes. And, and, and so the, the two are working together. So that's what I came to this country with um, is understanding that sometimes one one uh, philosophy or philosophical approach to medicine works better. And then um, I've um, I went to UCLA. Of course, I was you know any field was wide open for me. But because I love the brain, I've always wanted. Uh, if I had gone into PhD route, I would have done uh, neuroscience. So so it was a perfect fit. Uh, psychiatry. Um, it's really fascinating, really fun. I get to do use medications to help people. I get to learn about psychotherapy. So it's kind of a very integrative approach. And in the meantime, I was still remembering this Chinese medicine, this holistic healing method. And I was trying to bring that into psychiatry because I know people have still people comes to me with aches and pains and indigestion, you know, all kinds of issues. You know, I want to help them you know, fully, you know, as a full human being, not just a depression and anxiety, because I know they're all connected. Your depression and anxiety could very well be connected to other systems. Um, so I was trying to integrate 
Chinese medicine into psychiatry, and I found it extraordinarily difficult, uh, partially because the two speak completely different languages. So it's like water and oil. You can't, it's very hard to mix. You can't really integrate. You can coexist. You can do a Western diagnosis and you can do a Chinese diagnosis and you use, you know, Western route, you have one treatment plan and then Chinese medicine route, you have another treatment plan, you use both treatments. But to me, that's not intellectually satisfying. That's not true integration. So is when I, you know, came across what's called functional medicine. And later on, I think it, there's another discipline involved as anti-aging medicine is all the same as holistically looking at the body, look at all your organs and various factors from genetics, genetics to microbiome, looking at everything that's affecting a human body. And, and putting scientific language to it. So they may start with, you know, understanding, hey, a, a particular Chinese herb helps. So why does this help this condition? And then they can break down in, into various components of this herb. You know, it could be all these chemicals as having different uh, benefits and their clinical studies of why and how and the degree of improvements. So all of a sudden, there's the Western language to the type of philosophy that 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 was I was drawn to that I know is very powerful, um, so that's when I got into anti aging and regenerative medicine, um, and then stem cell therapy. It's it's kind of like the holy grail. It's it's it, you know it's hard harder to get more holistic than that because you're using the intelligence of what made us. You know you're using the original source of intelligence to heal the body, and the intelligence limitless, right? Just just look at the fertilized egg being able to form you and me and you know everybody in the world is it's it's truly miraculous so how do you tap into that kind of intelligence so that's kind of my journey you know like wanting to be holistic and finding something that's extraordinarily holistic <laughs> mm-hmm. what a great explanation and the reason i really wanted to have you on the podcast is honestly maybe it stemmed from a selfish reason of wanting to learn more about anti-aging about stem cell technology i personally I'm so into health, just like a lot of our listeners. And I have this vision that I want to live until I'm at least 120 years old, like at least. (laughs) And I think with the technology coming out, you know, it's very possible for a lot of us to live incredibly long lives. And if it's just a matter of, you know, decreasing the rate at which we age and not getting sick and being in the healthiest, you know, body and, and mind frame, then I think it's totally possible. So I would love to know, like, what are your thoughts on like, you know, I guess maybe our generations, like, you know, probably everyone maybe under the age of 60 right now living till way over a hundred. Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Just out of curiosity. I I definitely think we are at a really crucial point where so much new science are coming in and um, even just look at the study on stem cells. So there, there are many other ways too, but stem cells is, it's fascinating because is fundamentally different from all these other things we do, you know, whether supplement or some kind of other, um, you know, energy therapy. So everything else that we can do to, to help the body is fundamentally different than the stem cell therapy, because the stem cells, you're actually replacing um, and upgrading the engine that's driving life. So as we age, our stem cell supply decreases drastically um, just a look at the mesenchymal stem cell, which is one of the major regenerative uh, stem cells in the body, really, you know, kind of one of the holy grails right now in regenerative medicine. Uh, when we were born, 
everyone in 10,000 cells is this stem cell, mesenchymal stem cell. So MSC. And when we reach our teenage years, it already declined to one in a hundred thousand. So that's tenfold less, right? And when, when you reach your forties is one in 400,000. And when you reach your eighties is one in 2 million. So you can imagine you're running out of the engine that's running the regeneration process. So what we can do now these days is to infuse a body with the engine. So you're, you're, you're all of a sudden, you know, you have very few engines left and they're kind of old and, and slow and rusted. And you're putting all these new engines to help your body run. And it's not just philosophically sounds great. They've shown in different studies, multiple studies and results has been pretty consistent. You give a middle-aged mice um, or rats, they've done both studies, that by giving them regular IV infusions, I think for them usually it's once a month, extended their lifespan by about 30%. That, that number has been consistent. So if you think our, our usual lifespan is 80 years, so 30% is another 24 years, right? So, so if you can replace the body with these powerful engines, um, you can have not only lifespan, but also health span. So these, these animals, you know, in the experiment, it's not just they live longer and they were hanging in, they're actually thriving. Their, their fur got better, you know, more shiny, their, their spine is straighter, they're moving around, you know, mobile, and they're able to go through the maze, you know, with a sharp mind. Right? So, yeah. so you are changing a lot of things in these animals. So they're actually keeping a longer time that they're young. And that's mm. the goal. Yeah, that's yeah. the goal. You know, I watched, uh, I don't know if this was about stem cell therapy or I don't know, is it the same thing? CRISPR technology? Is that stem cell or uh, that, that's something else? That's gene. Uh, okay, that's gene. Uh, yeah. Okay, never mind. Because I was going to mention yeah. that I saw this thing on Netflix a couple months ago and it was um, doing a study on rats. And with this CRISPR technology, you know, there was one uh, rat that looked literally elderly. It was like frail with the spine all curved and what couldn't really walk properly. And then another rat from the same exact litter that that old rat was born was doing, they were doing this CRISPR um, stuff on it. <laughs> and it looked like it was like, you know, one years old, like running around or, you know, a very young rat. So, so probably there was some kind of genetic defect yeah. that caused yeah. premature aging in this rat. And that's, yeah, they were messing with the genes. So these yeah. genetic disease model, gene editing is great. But even for genetic conditions, I tell people that, you know, rarely is the gene itself that's causing the problem. A lot of times is what, what the, the problem on the gene level is translated into what protein is expressed. And that gets translated into the health of the tissue and, and of the organ and the whole body. So, so there's a lot of downstream effect from the, the faulty gene. So if you can correct some of the inflammation and, and, and damages uh, you can repair those, then you can help the person to live a better quality of life. But of course, if you can repair the genes, that's even better. <laughs> cool. Okay. Wait, I would love to know though, more about stem cell uh, medicine and technology. Like, what is it like? Like how, I don't even know how you put it in your body. Like, how do you know what, how much to put in? Like, how do you administer it? Like, how long does it take? How expensive is it for everyone listening that literally doesn't know anything about it? I'd love if you could kind of give us an elevator pitch on the whole process. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it gets a little complex because there's so many kinds of stem cells out there. So you can get stem cells out of your own body, you know, from your own fat or bone marrow, those are major sources, or you can get stem cells from the birth tissue, which, you know, the, the umbilical cord, the placenta, the core blood, um, you know, in this country, you know, people are not allowed to use embryonic stem cells, you know, these you know, it's controversial and also is not as safe because these cells have, have the potential of forming this uncontrolled growth, which is mm. called teratoma. So, so that's, that's the other, the other side. Um, and, and by using, you know, what I believe is most potent and best form of stem cells is actually from the birth tissue because they're kind of the perfect, um, in between embryonic stem cells and adult stem cells. So they're more active and they have more differentiation potentials, which means that they can become cells of different mm -hmm. tissues. So they have more flexibility to, to change and develop to, to, you know, who, you know, to, you know, maybe, and, um, you know, the organ level, the new tissue, but they can also secrete a lot more growth factors and signals. And so they have a more potent effect, but then they don't have the potential from the embryonic stem cells that, you know, which can lead to tumor formation, um, because these cells are downstream enough. So they lost that wild potential. So they kept a lot of the active potential, but they lost the wild, you know, uncontrollable mm. potential. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Um, so if you're looking just at that, um, at birth tissue derived stem cells, um, there's different ways of doing this because you've, a lot of people go overseas. They go to, you know, Panama or uh, Mexico, and they will get these cells that have been expanded, which means that they are put in an incubator and, and they're allowed to multiply, multiply, and, you know, they grow and grow yeah. to huge numbers. And then they parcel out a little portion of this huge number and they give it to people. Um, and what I do in the clinic is using original cells. So we don't multiply them. We don't change them. We don't use chemicals, whatever it was from the birth tissue, from the umbilical cord, that's what we're giving to people. So there's huge difference between these two methods. When you grow cells into a large number, and, and by the way, a lot of these clinics who are doing these treatments, they're not really looking under microscope to look at what happened to the cells. Are they still stem cells? Or are yeah. they not stem cells anymore? Because when the cells divide, most often they would divide into a stem cell and a daughter cell. The daughter cell has gained further function. So the daughter cell will have more surface receptors and will, will be more developed. So they're no longer the original stem cell. So if you can imagine a big soup, let's just say 100 cells, and each of the stem cell would divide into a stem cell and daughter cell, right? Pretty soon, you're going to have still 100 stem cells left and, you know, and thousands of daughter cells. And then you parcel those out. You take a little bit out of it and you say, I have a lot of cells in here, but only very small percentage is actually stem cells. And that's the risk you run. And that's what I've seen in a lot of these treatment centers is that people are getting more side effects because the cells have differentiated into something else that's that's you know they were just blindly growing in the in an incubator so they become you know who they were designed to be i guess you know that whatever their genetic expression mm -hmm. was but if you put cells in the human body you know this these very young cells in the human body and let them grow in the body they would they will adapt to your body and, and, and i don't know how they do it exactly mm -hmm. that's just the way it is because if you give 
you know, a most drastic example is bone marrow transplant, which is the earliest stem cell transplantation. You know, you're getting the cells from the bone marrow, but the bone marrow transplant, you have to match two adults perfectly. And even when you match all the markers that, you know, we know the major markers, there's still a chance of rejection, but you can give the person core blood and blood cord blood completely unmatched. And there's a very little chance of rejection, completely unmatched, because these younger cells have so few surface receptors that's going to cause problem. And when they're in your body, they also work with your body. Um, the other thing is, um, actually, a lot of them actually get destroyed. If they start to express their surface markers, I'm becoming new cells, you know, I'm, you know, showing more characteristics. A lot of times your own immune system will destroy them. So there, there's a lifespan. There's a lifespan from the immune system actually getting rid of some of these cells and a lifespan just naturally. Any activated cells can only live so long. They don't live forever. So what we think is that these cells will live in the body for about three months. But during those three months, they can multiply and they can adapt to the body. And, you know, so to me, it makes no sense to grow them in an incubator unless you can really, really control the process and you are superb at it. And unfortunately, that's not what I've seen in these clinics that give people huge amount of stem cells. So, so yeah. the way I calculate the dosage, because a lot of published studies actually use these expanded cells, so they give people a huge number. And so I kind of adjusted the dosage um, looking at how much the cells will grow in the body and the fact that we have these original cells that, you know, that hasn't been multiplied. And so I, I need a lot less to achieve the same results or even better results. Um, so that's the dose calculation. It's based on body weight, on age and health condition. Um, so it's extrapolated from research. And then I've seen mm -hmm. clinically because I don't just do um, treatment in my own clinic, I teach a lot of doctors to do the treatments. So I, I hear different, you know, success stories from, from other doctors too. So the dosage I've, I've designed is working really well. Amazing. So do you inject it? Like how do you administer it? Yeah. So for, it really depends on what we're treating for a lot of um, conditions that has inflammation as the basis, which are most chronic conditions and also conditions that have um, uh, immune dysregulation as part of the picture. Um, IV infusion is really the best way. Um, okay. Also the lungs and liver, these like highly well-perfused organs um, are, are fantastic, you know, using IV delivery. Um, the, the times that I will use local injection will be for larger joints because they're not very well-perfused. And if I want Want to fix the the cartilage and the you know the damages that's inside, I may inject directly into the joint space. Um, but I still, you know, for most people, I still, uh, you know, uh, suggest IV treatment because let, let's just look at the knee. It's a large joint. The outer one third of the cartilage for the knee joint is actually nourished by the blood supply. The inner two thirds is nourished by the synovial fluid, you know, in the, in the sac. Mm -hmm. 
So when I, when I do from both ends, I'm really maximizing the potential of regeneration, you know, for that knee joint. Um, so, and I also do local injections for uh, like penile injections, vaginal injections for, to enhance sexual wellness, you know, for, for oh, wow. and even something, at, you know, peronies, which is the curvature of the penis. And because it's actually not that uncommon, it's really is an inflammatory condition. There are plaques that form. So, so it really, it, it, it forms like a pivot point and I've seen it uh, working really fantastically well, just one injection and the penis straightens and, you know, problem solved. And, um, and I also do facial regen- regeneration, hair restoration. So um, local injections when, when I want a lot of, you know, cells and growth factors in all in that local area, I, that's mm-hmm. when I target locally. Well, your job doesn't seem boring. <laughs> but the best part is when people tell me you know the results that that's oh, always yeah. the best part. let's talk yeah. about the results like when do you start feeling different who's like the best candidate what's like I don't know some sort of uh uh disorder or disease do stem cells help the most like I'd love to know more about you know your success stories and also like the ideal candidate yeah yeah so um I would say my success rate is, is probably at least 90, if not 95%, you know, unfortunately, you know, I don't succeed at everybody, you know, that still bugs me, but it's, it's because sometimes, um, some people have some underlying issues, either some kind of toxicity or some kind of viral infection, especially herpes family virus that may prevent the stem cells from reaching its maximum, um, you know, benefits, but, um, that said, um, results, you know, almost, you know, everybody, so, you know, it's over 90%, you know, people notice, you know, a lot of differences and the rate of the difference really depends on how acute their condition is. The chronic conditions is going to take longer, but if, if they're, when I say acute, I'm probably more talking about inflammation. So if you have a lot of infl- inflammation in your body, you know, for example, I, I've treated people with um, uh, lupus and, and uh, rheumatoid arthritis. So, and, 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 you know, certain autoimmune conditions, just raging inflammation all over the body, severe pain, and their pain can um, be drastically decreased, even just by the end of me you know, doing the stem cell therapy. So within an hour, you know, when we're done, um, you know, I've seen pain been decreased by 50% and people who has, you know, swollen hands or stiffness, not having been able to make a fist for two months, all of a sudden are making a fist. So there's drastic changes because you are able to decrease inflammation. And there was another patient that's really interesting, severe um, Alzheimer's disease, like end stage to the point where stop feeding herself uh, for two months. She wasn't, she, food would be in front of her and she just won't pick up the knife and fork and feed herself. And I did a stem cell therapy the next morning. She just picked up the knife and fork and just fed herself. And her husband was in shock. And, and, and she was looking up like, what's your problem? Why are you staring at me? And so, um, so you, you know, really depend what I think for her is that there's so much inflammation in the brain that the neurons couldn't really communicate correctly. So all of a sudden you get rid of the inflammation, the signals and the, the messages can come across. And then, you know, you can actually, a thought can come into an action. So, so it depends on how 
much inflammation is going on. So that's the acute stage. So I talk about the three stages of healing in stem cell therapy. So I have a YouTube video. Let's hear it. (laughs) So the first stage is the acute anti-inflammatory stage. So you calm the inflammation and, um, and, and you, you have this rapid, you know, a lot of, you know, prostaglandin and all the chemical signals are involved. So that's acute state that can happen within hours to days. And then the second stage is more of regeneration rebuilding. So tissue rebuilding. So you need to remove the bat cells, you know, the debris, your immune system needs to come in and, 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 and take them away, right. You know, eat them up and take them away. And then you need to signal your local stem cells telling them, Hey, it's your job to replenish this tissue. So that's what mesenchymal stem cells do you know locally people think that they will go there and become the local cells that is really very 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 tiny you know part of the picture it's majority of what they do is to talk to the local tissue and tell the tissue specific stem cells hey it's time for you to make more of yourself so we can have healthy tissue. So that's a tissue rebuilding. And that can happen from days to, you know, to weeks. So that's kind of the, the time free frame, maybe even a month or two. And the, the, the last stage is really, it's what, what's called genetic modification stage. Because when stem cells are in your body, they will secrete these exosomes. So these exosomes uh, will contain not only growth factors, but also microRNA. So these are little pieces of RNA that can talk with your DNA. So what these RNA pieces will do is that they will cross cell nucleus and get, you know, get to your DNA and start changing things like methylation patterns. You know, you've heard of, um, of epigenetics, right? So how, what happens to the gene, you know, you, you we all have a set um, you know, number of genes, you know, the set, you know, um, you know, uh, sequence, but how they're expressed, that depends on all these outside s- signals and how our lifestyle is and, you know, many other factors. So these microRNAs can actually go to the genetic level and tell what, you know, tell the cells, um, you know, to, uh, you know, change their methylation patterns and can make them healthier. So that will promote this longer benefit that can last from months, you know, maybe even, even longer. Um, Yeah. That's amazing. Different phases of, you know, how this works. So, so cool. So my final big kind of question for you, I always like when I have doctors on the show, what, are your top tips for anti-aging and longevity and just living a healthy, healthy life? And it can be, you know, your top three, or like, you can just give me like 10 points of things that you do daily, whatever it is, just like off the top of your head as a doctor, what are things that you think everyone should start doing? I actually um, make that a point of telling all our patients who want to do stem cell therapy. You know, there are three pillars that I think are really important. One is what you put in your body. So you need to eat an anti-inflammatory diet. There's no way around it. If you put keep putting toxins and poisons into your body, things that trigger all these, you know, you know, abnormal hormone, you know, unhealthy hormone reactions, you're going to be stuck. You know, you know that that's the foundation. And then you need to move your body. So when you move your body, you're act, actually activating a lot of genes, over 400 genes. So you are changing your genetic expression and you're really, really bringing the uh, self-regenerating properties in. And then the last one is detoxification. So you can't keep the toxins and and thinking that you're going to heal 
well if you still have a lot of things that's bring you you know kind of you know down to the gut um to the gutter and uh, so i think one of the best ways to detox is infrared sauna um because it's very gentle and it takes away not it can help you get rid of not only the heavy metal but also a lot of organic toxins that we don't know how to get rid of and sweating is one of the most effective way and and infrared sauna the infrared will penetrate your skin you know much deeper than just regular you know using heat um so the infrared rays i think it's very therapeutic it's not just helping mm-hmm. you sweat it's doing a lot more than mm-hmm. sweat so that you know so it's is both nourishing and detoxifying so those three i would say is is the foundation thank you so much for sharing i actually am thinking of buying a an infrared sauna so <laughs> that's motivation to, yes. to get one yes absolutely that's amazing well, thank you so much for your time. Where can everyone find you if they want to learn more about your offerings and the Thea Center and all of your good stuff online? Um, our website is uh, theacrm.com. So it's T-H-E-A-C-R-M. So that's Center for Regenerative Medicine uh, .com. And um, um, they can also find me on YouTube videos. So just look up Joy Kong MD. So J-O-Y-K-O-N-G-M-D. And, um, there's a lot of things that, you know, I, I talk about like, like is, is therapy in Panama better? What's the difference between stem cells and exosomes? And what about other people's DNA in me? So all these are common questions that people ask me. So that's when I decided to just put, put them on the YouTube channel so everyone can access it. So look, look them up. It would be very interesting. I I present some, you know, science, scientific data and it's just fascinating subjects. Cool. Well, next time I'm in LA, I'll come see you and get some stem cells. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. you're already look, you, you were like 22 years old. I mean, you look so young. Thank you. I'm 25. Um, okay. yeah, I have a bit of a baby face, but you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, well, you know, even in our twenties, we are starting to decline. So it's always nice to be preventative, especially since you have the goal of 120. (laughs) Oh yeah. Or more. I'm being a bit conservative saying 120. I just, uh, you know, you never know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you. Yeah, me too. Have a beautiful day.